0: Welcome back to the most talked about podcast, Up and Down the Silk Road, Beethoven Walks Into a Bar. I'm Mike Gordon, Principal Flute of the Kansas City Symphony.
1: And I'm Stephanie Brimhall, the Director of Education and Community Engagement.
0: Well, Thanksgiving is just a week away as we're recording this, and it's one of my favorite holidays. It's got everything. It's got food, sports on TV, naps, family and friends, and naps. Did I mention naps? (laughs) Oh, and... There's one more thing that's part of our tradition here. Uh, it's a rocking Kansas City Symphony concert weekend. And this Thanksgiving weekend is no different. So today I'm excited to have a conversation with our guest conductor for this Thanksgiving weekend, Aziz Shohakimov. I promise you that by the end of this episode, his name will roll off your tongue like a slice of jellied cranberry sauce fresh from the can. <laughs>
1: Okay, the canned cranberry is my favorite cranberry. So I absolutely, I'm I'm glad you brought that up. My mouth is watering already. So Aziz uh, hails from the Central Asian nation of Uzbekistan. He made his conducting debut at the tender age of 13 and has since gone on to become music director of the Strasbourg Philharmonic in France and artistic director of the Tefken Philharmonic in Istanbul, Turkey. I'm happy today to welcome our guest for this year's Thanksgiving feast, Aziz Shakhimov. Welcome, Aziz.
0: Thank you. Very nice to meet you. So great to have you. Well, I so I have two really quick questions uh, just, just straight off the bat here. Um, number one, is this going to be your first Thanksgiving? And follow-up question to that, have you ever eaten jellied cranberry sauce from a can?
2: <laughs> yes, indeed. It's my first time... Uh in the United States uh, during the Thanksgiving. Oh, that's great. So, and I'm, I'm very excited to be in uh, Kansas City because I have some friends there. Oh, and good. one of them, one of them, it's Bezot Abduraimov, So, he's my, my compatriot. So, we were studying together in Tashkent. So, and uh, also the Stanislav Udanich, the pianist,
1: mm-hmm. who
2: came also from Uzbekistan. So, and I'm very excited to, to get now know the Kansas Symphony Orchestra.
1: You know, um, I know that while you're here, we always, almost always do uh, one of our Classical Series concerts during this Thanksgiving weekend. It's a great weekend. Um, You know, families are together. It's a wonderful time for families who have guests in town to kind of show off their symphony. And so these concerts always do really well. Um, But I am excited that you're going to be able to experience a Thanksgiving, and I know that you're... Um, You're going to be having a a real Thanksgiving meal on Thanksgiving Day, too. So um, you'll have to report back to us on what you think. Um, And I don't think where you're going, they'll have cranberry sauce from a can, but maybe we could leave some in your dressing room for you to try. I'm sure he
0: would appreciate it if you brought some. You know, it would be whatever.
1: B-Y-O. (laughs) <laughs> Jar of cranberry <laughs> sauce Sounds amazing
0: It's so fantastic uh, that you have friends here And there, there is in fact this uh, Wonderful community uh, Not only of musicians But specifically of Uzbeks Here in Kansas City That uh, Stanislav has, has brought here And Bezod of course is an old friend of the symphony He's been playing with us since he was Oh I'd say a teenager practically mm-hmm. And so we're really excited To have uh, him back And to have you join us as well so I want to go back to the beginning. Uh, now that we've gotten the cranberry sauce out of the way, and one of the most um, fantastic things that that I read about you getting ready for this was that you started conducting um, at such a young age, and it and it really seemed like from from what I read, and you can hopefully share some more detail about this. But you were actually learning to conduct and learning to play uh, the violin and viola basically simultaneously from a very young age. Um, and I'm so curious for you to, to talk about that and, and how you even understood conducting uh, as you were at the same time just learning about music for the first time, learning to play an instrument. <laughs> well,
2: sometimes I still don't understand that <laughs> conducting. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, you know, as a composer, Rimsky-Korsakov, he wrote, the conducting profession is a very mysterious profession. So it's... Um, uh, it's hard to explain. Sometimes you know the very well the piece, but sometimes with some orchestras, the chemistry maybe works, sometimes it doesn't work. So it's a really um, special profession, I would say. Well, about uh, how I became conductor, so it's quite a long story. I hope we have a time. We have time. <laughs> we do. <laughs> Great. At age six, um, I entered to the music school for the talented young people so it's, it's called uh, the Music School, uh, named after Uspensky, actually where the Begzot also was studying. Mm. And I used to play the violin, so I, I wasn't the best violinist, but I liked very much to, to play on the violin. But when I was um, age 11... Uh, my mother insisted me to parallel to the violin to start to sing, you know, this kind of Italian Neapolitan songs like Santa Lucia and also this kind of, because uh, my mother, she's actually the singer. She's a singer of the folk music, uh, the pop music and some jazz music. And uh, she found for me one teacher and she started to teach me to sing. Uh, in a kind of opera way singing let's say academic way and um and in few months later the this teacher she she said to me that i'm quite good and uh, i'm i'm ready to perform with uh, some orchestra maybe or with uh, some piano on the concerts so and my mother she 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 made the recording of me with a song of santa lucia and went to the professor of Tashkent Conservatory, the conductor, who was also the chief conductor of the school orchestra, and gave him my recording. Uh, and he listened, and he liked very much uh, my singing. And he invited me to to perform with his chamber orchestra on the concert. So it was like gala concert with many soloists. So and I performed with a, with the orchestra as a singer. Wow. And I had a quite big success <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, he invited me to perform with a, a different orchestras. so and in two or three months later it started the changing of voice i don't know in english this this word but it's it's called like in our language it's a mutation of the voice so it's you know yeah I, uh, yeah and this teacher the professor he said me as is you have kind of interesting energy when you think you 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 are vibrating i like it very much maybe i will give you some exercises for the conducting and you will show me in a few days so what you can do with this so and he gave me some some exercise for the the coordination of the uh, of the hands and uh, for the independence of the hands because it's very important for the conductor to explain by hands what what the conductor wants from the orchestra and i came in two or three days and showed him all those exercises and he was very impressed and uh, he said me okay i give you the most difficult exercises and he gave me the very very uh, difficult things and i came in in one week and i could do it easily and he said okay definitely you have some some talent for the conducting i will give you some um piano pieces you have to orchestrate it he explained to me how the registers of the instruments the each wind instruments and also um, uh the transposition of the instruments like the clarinets are playing in bass so or in A, the horns playing in f so and i orchestrated the song pieces and it was very easy for me to do it and next step was he gave me opportunity to work with a school orchestra. So I used to play on the violin at the school orchestra, and also I was conducting. So um, it was a little bit hard to stay in front of your friends mm-hmm. <laughs> because they... <laughs> yeah, but this is how it started. And uh, sometimes the some instruments, were, they were missing, like like horns and i had to play on the piano the part of the horns you know and that's why the naturally i understood how it works with the transpositions of the instruments and uh, sometimes there were, there were some percussion instruments they were absent so i had to yeah, i jumped in for for, for the <laughs> play on the and uh, when i was uh 13 years old i had my debut concert with national symphony of uh, Uzbekistan, so where I conducted Fifth Symphony by Beethoven, and it was a Liszt Piano Concerto Number One. And after this concert, I became kind of uh, um, as uh, assistant conductor
1: at thirteen. Yes, and <laughs> I,
2: I had uh, I had access to the library uh, library of the orchestra and uh, to all rehearsals. Sometimes I I played uh, in orchestra as a violinist, viola player and also i had opportunity to conduct some concerts and i think this is my advantage that i had access to the symphony orchestra from my child let's say childhood <laughs> and that's why when i stay in front of the orchestra i really feel i feel good so i feel naturally good
0: wow, wow. Uh, so I, I just want to share for our, our listeners some context here i mean at least at least here in the US and I think I think most places um you know a young player learns their instrument things uh like you were just talking about is these you know orchestrating a piece of music learning the transpositions of the different instruments maybe if you had a real interest you'd learn something about that in high school probably more in college um and so you you were doing this really at a at a very young age and um I'm sure it's possible that not everyone around you was um, as precocious as you were, but but just the fact that you were doing that and had an understanding of all that is is really exceptional. And I, I have to ask because you you described it, and I'm I'm so curious to know more. What what are these exercises you did to learn to conduct that have independence of the hands? Uh, tell, tell us what these are.
2: Oh, for instance, you with the right hand, you are doing the conducting patterns. Like, mm-hmm. I'm conducting, like, in four right now. And sure. with the uh, left hand, you have to do a circle, kind of this, and to this direction. Oh, wow. Yeah.
0: And, and, and for everyone who can't see you doing yeah. this, this is this is somewhere between, <laughs> like, Mr. Miyagi wax on, <laughs> wax off, <laughs> and uh, what you'd see a conductor do, or, you know, rubbing your tummy and patting your head, That's what I was going to say. Is <laughs> I
1: can't even do that. Oh, that's I, amazing. I like
0: that though. That's 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 very cool. Well, and you you mentioned something else that that actually I, I wanted to ask you about um later, but since you kind of alluded to it, I'm so curious to know more about how the music you grew up with in Uzbekistan, you know, not not necessarily uh, specifically classical music, but any kind of music that you heard and music that's that's unique um to your cultural heritage affects you know what you do now what you program uh how you approach music because you you said actually and i didn't know this you said your mother was a singer and very connected to music as well growing up and so i assume you heard a lot of different things and i'm i'm just curious how that influences you now
2: well um very good question thank you um yes uh, because i i come from the musical family i would say because my father he used to play in the clarinet but Uh, not in the classical way, he had a jazz band in Uzbekistan. So uh, all of my brother and sisters, they are connected with the music, but they choose another profession. But every day at home, we we had the music. About Uzbekistan, of course, because um, this territory of Uzbekistan for the last 100 years, I think it, it was quite international um and we had a very strong traditions in classical music because uh during the second world war many professors from the uh, moscow conservatory and leningrad conservatory they were evacuated able- to uzbekistan especially to tashkent and some of them after the war they decided to stay in the country because the food is uh, the vader is fantastic in, in Uzbekistan. Mm. Uh, and they started to teach young people, uh, to the classical music. And also because we were part of Soviet Union, we had every year kind of, um, how to say the, the system when, uh, talented young people were, uh, traveling to the Moscow conservatory, Leningrad conservatory, whatever in the, Russia, Ukraine. So, and they had opportunities to study there. And you know the the education always in Soviet Union was quite high, I would mm-hmm. say, and um, that's why I think we have a uh, Stanislav Yudinich, the updrive of me maybe, and some another another great, great, talent, talented, educated, very educated young people. So, but uh, when we became independent in 1991. Unfortunately, many people from our country, they left uh, because we had uh, many Jewish people in our country. So they left to Israel or United States or Europe. And um, unfortunately, the government uh, doesn't pay attention too much to the classical music. So there is no much investment from the government or we don't have really sponsors who could support the symphony orchestra, for instance. And that's why the very good musicians they left from the country. Of course, we still have some some good musicians, but um, already not like it was before. I was lucky when I was so uh, when when I was studying. I really met very good teachers, very good teachers in my life, and the orchestra level was quite high. So um, and about the the Uzbekistan music. So of course we have folk music but also we have a uh, different nationalities in uzbekistan so we have uh some caucasian people so armenian people we have russian people we have uh quite big uh, korean community in uzbekistan so in tashkent for me it was always international international city So, and I think this is one of the beauty of the, of the Tashkins.
1: You mentioned the food and I'm going to preface this by saying, so, um, Domingo Hindoyan was here with us just a few weeks ago and we had a whole discussion about South American food. Um, Uh and, and, I I would love to give you a platform to talk about perhaps some of your favorite Uzbek dishes or food. (laughs) Kind of sell us on that too, since we are talking about Thanksgiving as well.
2: (laughs) Yes, when I go to Tashkent, so for the one week, I I think I gained three kilograms. (laughs) 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 Because really the food is, is, is fantastic. So we have a very famous Uzbek pilaf. You know, at least mm-hmm. the rice with the meat. Um, also we have a uh, kebab, so it's, uh, the meat, uh, you know, it also, of course, the, sometimes the, it's uh, it can be beef and it can be lamb. We have also, what we have, we, we have various of, of the, of the foods. So well, I'm very with- hungry. <laughs> Let's not to talk about this. <laughs> well,
0: and unfortunately, you're
1: you're not even there. And so we're we're talking to you. Um, uh, we're in Kansas City, and you are in Seattle. Um, <laughs> yes. So obviously, you know, um, I think Mike and I were curious. Just we know that you've conducted all over Europe and, and in Asia. What kind of conducting? How much time have you spent here in North America? I know you're in Seattle now, so maybe what what you're doing there, and and what kind of experiences have you had here in the U.S.? Uh,
2: well, I just arrived yesterday to Seattle, so today I had uh, two rehearsals with the orchestra. It's it's a fantastic orchestra. I I always enjoyed to make music in in United States because I think the the level of the orchestras are so high, and what what I like very much the the people are very responsible and very well prepared for the rehearsals. So I don't need to, you know, uh, repeat something two times. So it's uh, always done, you know, one time I ask and it's done.
1: Oh, no, Mike, the pressure's <laughs> on now. I, I feel, <laughs> I feel pressure.
2: <laughs> 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 no, I, I always impress. So I conducted a uh, couple years ago, a couple of years ago with uh, Salt Lake City in Salt Lake City with Utah mm-hmm. Symphony, which was also very good. So I conducted. With the oregon symphony it was actually my debut in the united states but it was a uh, like 10 years ago uh very nice orchestra important so uh was so after that with the pacific symphony fantastic orchestra as well so houston symphony so i enjoyed it very much
1: so well, you're making your way right. east then that's good <laughs> <laughs>
2: I, I always enjoyed to be here.
0: Well, um, in case uh, in case you haven't been to see, Ce- have you been to Seattle before? Is this your first visit there? Uh,
2: yeah, it's my first visit.
0: A couple of things just for you to know. This is not totally germane to our audience, but they'll bear with us. Number one, you're in another awesome food town, mm-hmm. so eat eat all the things, especially the seafood. And number two, they have a concert master. Oh yeah, uh, there who you really need to lean on. I mean, I, I just watch out for him, Noah Geller. Tell
1: him we said hi. (laughs) Tell him we said hi
0: and to watch himself because Noah Geller, of course, many of our listeners would, will know, uh, was our concert master here in Kansas city uh, for a long time. And, and so we send him our love, but, um, but when you come here, Skip the seafood. I mean, there is good seafood here, but save room for barbecue. Oh, yes. Barbecue is what you need. We have
2: all the meats. I I read about the barbecue. It's quite (laughs)
0: famous.
2: (laughs) Uh, Really looking (laughs) for it.
0: And I don't I don't know if we have any specifically Uzbek restaurants. Uh, for sure we have places that serve kebabs of various sorts. I'm
1: certain that Stanislav will be able to point yeah, you in all I, the directions he'll know all he'll of know the where to most wonderful cuisine. <laughs> um no, but speaking of Stanislav, so I think um maybe we can talk a little bit about this upcoming program, but um to preface this, so uh, Stanislav Udenich teaches at Park University. And has been a wonderful friend and collaborator with the symphony. Obviously, we've played with Bezod um, a handful of times. So Bezod is joining you and us uh, when you're here in Kansas City. Um, but Maria Udenich, who is uh, Stanislav's daughter, will is also on this season. She's performing later, I think, in the spring. And then another Park alum, Kenny Broberg, I think, is closing out our season um, this this year on the piano. So just uh, we have a, such a terrific relationship with Park, and there are incredible, incredible musicians that come from that that place. And you know, so much of that is Stanislav. But can you talk a little bit about um, coming here and working with Bezod, Uh Maybe how how you guys have worked together before and. Um, a little bit about the program that we're going to hear here in Kansas City.
2: Well, with the Bexauts, uh, we play very often. Um, this season, we played already two or three times. So it was in Seoul. Uh, we played the Beethoven a number three together. Then it was uh, Stockholm with the Swedish Radio Orchestra. We performed Paganini uh, relations by Rachmaninoff. Mm. So, um yeah, two times, so this season and the third time, so here in uh, Kansas City. So, um, um, about the program, we never played together the Prokofiev second piano concerto, but I'm really looking forward because you know that technically this is one of the most difficult piano concerti. Um, Don't tell him so, that, he already knows. <laughs> <laughs> yeah the 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 second thing is that it's acquired from the pianist really um, really intellectual and uh, into intuitional playing of the this concerto and i think the all these qualities uh, exactly match to the basalt because he's a he's a fantastic pianist he has a fantastic technique um and i'm really looking forward to play this uh Prokofiev concerto, and my idea with the programming this concerto was uh, this, this this program was uh, uh, to make the some Slavic composers together, uh, so and to to make the, some link between the Smetana and Dvorak. So we're gonna play uh, the overture Bartlett uh, Bright by by Smetana, which is a virtuoso piece for the orchestra, and. Uh, Also, in the second half, it's uh, a Borac Symphony Number Eight, which I adore absolutely. Even sometimes, I like it more than uh, the Symphony from New World. Mm -hmm. Um, I conducted this this symphony very uh, a lot of time, and I really always always find something something new in in this piece, and uh, really looking forward to to hear how how it will sound with. uh, your
1: orchestra that's great yeah no we're we're looking forward to it and
0: and i for one uh am going to need to practice mm-hmm. uh between now and thanksgiving uh because bride. Of course, as you said barter bride is uh familiar but incredibly virtuosic and uh the the prokofiev i um pulled my principal flute card and awarded the honor of playing that concerto to uh, our associate principal flute, Shannon. So I will not be playing the Prokofiev this time around, um, but that is so I can muster my full uh, forces for the Dvorak, (laughs) which uh, contains uh, one of, of course, the most, commonly uh, required flute excerpts at auditions and I know a lot of a lot of people say oh there's a big trumpet solo in it like no while the trumpet is playing its little solo the flute is playing <laughs> about three times as many notes uh, so, and yeah. that's, that's the part we have to practice in college uh, and thankfully I did practice in college but I will need to practice again and uh, <laughs> hopefully hopefully that all goes smoothly by the time Thanksgiving rolls around.
1: Well, don't make him ask you more than once, Mike. I know. That's what he expects.
0: I'm, I'm nervous. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <No>. <laughs> well, Aziz, I'm- on our podcast, Beethoven Walks Into a Bar, we like to ask two questions of our guests. So if you'll indulge me, the first question is, what is your favorite beverage that can be alcoholic, non-alcoholic, coffee, water, tea, or tea any, anything like that? Uh, and the second question is, if you were at a cafe or at a bar enjoying this beverage and Mr. Beethoven sidled up next to you, what question would you want to ask him?
2: <laughs> um, yeah, the, the the first question is difficult, but second, even more <laughs> difficult. <laughs> uh, the first question, it uh, depends on the mood, you know, sometimes... Um, I prefer to, to drink the green tea and just water, uh, or I have to choose just one.
1: No, you, you, you can, can have many. You can do whatever you want.
2: Uh, You're the guest. Yes, I, I like very much beer as well, of course, um, and some good red wine, ah. I would say. So Well, you um, and our
1: new associate conductor, Gonzalo Farias, he is a red wine aficionado so um i'm sure you two okay. will be spending some time together when you're here oh. he'll be able to hook you up with that i'll put him on the spot S- for that
2: sounds <laughs> good and about the second question um well maybe i would ask him uh to which tempo should be the beginning of fifth symphony his fifth symphony and uh the witch tempo should be maybe second movement of the seventh symphony. Mm. This is a, for me, a little, uh, uh, little, uh, how to say, mystery, (laughs) (laughs) because it's written the allegretto. there's a metronome mark, but on the other hand, there's so many different uh, vision of this music.
1: And you said that was on your debut concert, your debut conducting concert was Beethoven 5, right? Yes. I wonder. Yeah. Yes. I w- <laughs> uh,
0: it's also it's also worth saying, you know, I, I spent a bit of time when I was young uh, playing in an orchestra uh, for uh, conducting students, people, young conductors, not as young as you were, but young conductors who were learning. And one of the pieces we always played for them was Beethoven 5 because it's it's famously rather difficult to start, right? It's all in one, but it starts, you know, off to, anyway, nobody needs to know all this wonky stuff, but, (laughs) but, but, uh, you know, watching, uh, you know, full grown adult musicians learning to conduct this, you know, in their twenties or even thirties it's all the more impressive that, that you were doing this at such a young age. uh, And I wish I had been there to see 13 year old, you conduct Beethoven (laughs) five. I well, I wish I that.
1: had been there to see you, 13-year-old Mike, in all of your figure skating and skiing glory. But speaking <laughs> of being 13, um I want to take this this conversation back to where we began and we talked about Aziz making his conducting debut at 13, and and when I read that the first time, I couldn't help but think about what I was doing at 13. And it definitely was not making a conducting debut. So we have a segment here on Beethoven Walks Into a Bar called The Top Five.
0: It's the top five. It's the top five. It's the top five.
1: It's the top five. It's the top five.
0: It's the top five. Beethoven Walks Into a Bar.
1: And today we're going to list our top five things we liked to do when we were 13 years old. And I can't wait to hear what Aziz's top five will be, but um, I'm as excited, if not more, to hear what Mike was up to, 13-year-old Mike was up to. So,
0: Mike, we'll start with you. Oh, boy. Well, um, you know, for me, uh, m- music was certainly a big part of my life, but not the only thing, as you kind of referred to. I, I loved to ski, alpine ski. That was one of my f- my favorite things. Uh, I used to play a lot of tennis. It is a true story. I think that we've mentioned here before that I used to figure skate. I still did yes. it at about that age. I, I quit shortly thereafter, but I did it for a long time. Playing the flute uh, has to be on my list. And, you know, the other thing that I really liked uh, when I was a kid, all all through my teen years when I lived at home, I grew up uh, on a, a small house by a lake. And, you know, kids used to like to go to camp in the summer or go somewhere else. I just, I wanted to hang out at the lake because it was a nice spot. So I'd water ski, I'd swim, I'd sit on our little sandy beach that we had set up there. That's what I was doing when I was 13. I I didn't do any orchestrating until much, much later. (laughs) 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 Stephanie, what about you?
1: Oh, man. Well, I was, believe it or not, before picking up the clarinet, I was a competitive gymnast and a cheerleader, gasp. Was doing a lot of that at thirteen. I know, uh, but then I was—I picked up the the clarinet. I was loving the clarinet at thirteen. I also was hell bent on mastering the original Super Mario Brothers at thirteen. So making it all the way through level was it level eight? Yes. Everybody else has no looking, idea. No, Mike. Of course Nintendo. you don't know. Making it all the way to Bowser's Castle and defeating yes. And I'll remind you that back then, these kids have it easy these days, because back then, if you died in level six, you had to go all the way back to level one, all the way back to the beginning. None of this like auto save and like m- infinite lives. No, you had three lives. And when those were gone, you started over. Sorry, I still get heated about it here at wow. 43. Wow. Many years still, later.
0: Still damaged from Nintendo traumas. <laughs>
1: Um, Let's see. That was number three. Number four. I loved a good roller skating rink. I know I'm dating myself. And then finally, um, when I was 13, I was like many new teenage girls. I was worried about figuring out which gaudy puffy sleeved semi formal dress to wear to my eighth grade dance. That was I I grew up in Texas in the 90s. I was 13 in the 90s. There was a lot of big hair and puffy sleeves. So that was very important to me at 13. (laughs) I'm a little embarrassed now Aziz yes we know where you were conducting at 13 what else did you enjoy doing Uh,
2: okay uh playing the football yes the soccer football so I'm big fan of the football uh I liked very much to play computer games as well so I played uh that time we had this um sony playstation number two I think yeah. uh-huh. and I played the football of as well of course. so real football and uh, virtual football so I liked very much to read the books at that time I started really read the books um and what what else um that's it what <laughs> else is there right <laughs> nothing more <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah and, the, and the, yes conducting and listening music of course listening music uh, you know I, I that time it was the uh, beginning of 2000s. So uh, in my country we didn't have I did my family, we didn't have a CD player. We didn't have it. And um, also the the problem with the internet, we had so slow internet. So you had to take the this um, cable from the phone, you know, connect it to the, your computer. Um, and I had the vinyl discs and, uh, I was listening, you know, uh, all those old recordings with the Klemperer and Furtwängler, Carl Böhm, this kind of, uh, with was Abado. And, but, but I never listened, for instance, to some, some conductors who, who orchestras of the nineties, two thousands, you know, we didn't, I didn't have access to this. And uh, sometimes that's why my my interpretations, they were a little bit like (laughs) old-fashioned, this kind of interpretations. But of course, when I moved to Europe uh, in 2015, I moved to Germany. So, um, and of course, additionally, I I started to travel a lot uh, as a guest conductor starting from 2011. After, after the Mahler competition in 2010. Uh, so And of course, I had to uh, again educate myself, so to listen to different records or, and uh, rehearsals. Uh, even I started to spend some money, just to invest my money uh, on myself. So I started to travel to the different countries just to visit the rehearsals, like uh, rehearsals of Ivan Fischer, great conductor with the Budapest Festival Orchestra and uh, I spent some time in Vienna to listening uh, the rehearsals of Mozi and Barinboim. so and of course it it had a big influence to me
0: well I know we need to wrap up but you you just said something um so interesting that made me think about my own experience um being influenced by the music I heard as a kid and I never really thought about it in, in this way um, that you had just articulated, it had nothing to do with being in Tashkent or Gloucester, Rhode Island. We didn't get music through the internet. We only had what was available on right. physical discs or comp, you know or uh, cassettes or records. And for me, it was a little like that too. Growing up, you know, I listened to old recordings of Jean Pierre Rampal and James Galway, um, and they taught me how to play the flute and how to play music. And their They're incredible, um, of course, but similarly, um, I, I didn't hear other things because they were just harder to access than they are now. And the internet was the same bad internet here in the U.S. too. We had to dial into America Online and the thing made the beeps and it was terrible. So it was the same in Tashkent in the 90s in that regard as it was here, <laughs> as far as internet. But well, um, we could we could reminisce about uh, the 90s and bad internet and uh, figure skating and puffy dresses all day long here. But I do want to say thank you uh, so much to you, Aziz, for taking this time uh, to be with us here today, and we are so looking forward. To welcoming you to Kansas City, or for your very first Thanksgiving, and uh, we'll have a case of cranberry sauce delivered to uh, <laughs> your dressing room so you can share it with all of your friends. We'll get you an Amazon subscription. Better yet, <laughs> <laughs> we'll just go
1: to Costco. We'll just we'll that, go that's to that's Costco. What do. We'll have a truck
0: deliver it to the loading dock. It'll be great. <laughs> No, we're really really excited thank to have you. you sounds amazing thank you so thank, much
2: no, thank you it was a great pleasure thank you for the interesting questions and- thank
0: you well as always uh, remember to rate review subscribe to our podcast aziz shahakimov will be with us for concerts thanksgiving weekend november 25th through 27th along with pianist and fellow uzbek bezod abderimov The program will kick off with Smetna's virtuosic overture to The Bartered Bride, Prokofiev's spectacular Concerto No. 2 in G minor, and the ever-noble Eighth Symphony of Antonin Dvorak. Tickets are available, as always, at www.kcsymphony.org. Look there for information about all our fantastic holiday program coming up in the next month. And of course, everything we have to offer after we take a short break to ring in 2023.
1: And speaking of the holidays that are right around the corner, and that definitely includes us here at the Kansas City Symphony, from Handel's Messiah to Christmas Festival to the Doo-Wop Project, Tuba Christmas, and even the holiday film, Elf. You're gonna wanna check out the symphony this holiday season. We'll even get In the Spirit here on Beethoven Walks Into a Bar with some holiday themes of our own. Visit us at kcsymphony.org for all of the holiday happenings and join us again next time on Beethoven Walks Into a Bar.